tonight's main event is scheduled for one 30-minute interview. Interviewing out of the blue corner, the Coffee and KO's crew. Being interviewed out of the red corner, Scott Hot Sauce Hortzman. Hey, thanks, Scott, for joining us today. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on here. How, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, man. That's a hell of an intro right there. I I uh, I might demand that all podcasts introduce me like that from now on. That's that's great. It's actually uh, we we just got this new piece of technology in, and you're the uh, you're the first interviewee to have that intro. Yeah, uh, I'm a little picky though, man. I like uh, Joe Martinez better than Bruce Buffer. So next oh, wow. time I come on. Next time I come on, you got to put his voice. That's his name, right? Joe Martinez? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Wow, I don't know that He's many people favorite, would choose man. that. Choose him over over Bruce. <laughs> don't uh, Bruce would definitely get his feelings hurt, man. He's a little sensitive, so don't tell him that. <laughs> do, you, do you know that like, he's like crazy jacked for an old man? Jeez. Yeah. It's insane. Well, he's probably got a good prescription to something, so yeah, yeah, you can right. hear that from me. <laughs> hey, you're not no, wrong. Listen. <laughs> um, so I gotta ask. This is like this question we always start our interviews with. Hot sauce. Where does the n- name come from? Where did you get it? Um, you know, that's that's like one of my favorite things to ask. I love to know where these names come from because honestly, if I was a fighter, I have no idea what the hell my name would even be. So I think it. Uh, I think it's always awesome to to hear that that end. Yeah. So it kind of has a double a double meaning. Um, so in the beginning, you know, I'm just an athlete. I'm not really, um, you know, I don't have a background in any sort of wrestling or jiu-jitsu or anything like that. So, you know, when you first start fighting, everybody tries to give you a nickname like Pitbull and uh, Killer and Axe Murderer and all that shit. <laughs> uh, and I was like, man, I'm going without a nickname. That's not really me. I'm not a murderer or any shit like that. I'm just an athlete. I'm here to have fun. Uh, so I went without a nickname for a while and then – I had a friend who I worked with at the time when I was doing my cubicle job. He uh, started seeing that I was putting hot sauce on everything. So he started calling me hot sauce around the office. And then he came to the gym to start training. And the name kind of stuck. The guys at the gym started calling me that. And I was finally like, man, you know what? That's fine. I'll take hot sauce. I eat a lot of hot sauce. It makes sense. Um, And then we had – my cousin's kids would come to the fights and they'd always end up real bloody early on. It was normally not me bleeding, but we would always tell them it was just hot sauce. It wasn't actual blood. So <laughs> that would scare them a little less. I, I had a theory that it was because you have like blondish, reddish hair. I didn't know if it was like just instead of like, you know, saying someone's a ginger, like I didn't know if they were just like, oh, hot sauce, like something to do with that. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd probably be good. Uh, probably be just as good, but people aren't that nice, man. They just call me a ginger. <laughs> That's just plain disrespectful. They have feelings too. Yeah, gingers have feelings too. What was the uh, what was the original hot sauce that you were using that uh, everyone kind of traced it back to? Man, probably the cheapest one I could get back then. Texas Pete Crystal uh, Cholula was is was kind of uh, high end, so I Cholula's. don't know if I got that much. But I was a poor kid coming out of college so i used to get the cheapest shit you could get but uh i ate it all the time so cholula is my shit i love cholula cholula is great man i did a commercial for them it was it was fun they sent me 
this new flavor they came out with, and they never ended up releasing it, but it was good. It was like a mango habanero. It was awesome. I had a mango habanero from Cholula, and it Did was you? it was hot. Like, that shit was spicy. Yeah. The habanero kicks. Maybe you were on the VIP list, and you got it somehow. <laughs> That well, my 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 giant food store is probably on the VIP list because I just scooped it up from there. <laughs> I saw the uh, the video on your Instagram. It was you in DC, and you guys were trying hot sauce. Was that like a, such something promotional, or who put that together, and how did that end up? Uh, well, it was actually supposed to just be me. Uh, in the beginning, it was for ESPN. They came to me and wanted to do it, uh, and we were in Nashville at the time, and DC was there, so. I just asked him if he wanted to do it with me, uh, and he, he said yes. He he didn't have a good time with it. I mean, he told me right off the bat he doesn't do well with spicy stuff, but, yeah. um, you know, he's so good on camera. Obviously, he's, you know, a professional. I'm not that good on camera, so uh, he added a lot to it. So it, it turned out to do well and got a lot of shares and all that. So, um, And it, it was a lot of fun, too. We had some hot-ass sauce, man. It burned us up. So, so uh, I got to ask, so you, like you said, you are an athlete. You have a pretty crazy athletic background. So high school, I read football, baseball. Um, I don't remember seeing hockey, but I know that you went and played college baseball, transferred, then play hockey. So first off, take us through that because that's crazy. We both played college baseball um, and, you know, it was great. But then how did you go from baseball to transferring to hockey? Well, coming out of high school in Tennessee, uh, you don't get a lot of opportunities for, for hockey. So uh, hockey was really – I started baseball really young and was good at baseball. Um, but hockey was kind of the sport I loved, so I played that and was probably best at that. But coming out of high school, I didn't have any offers for college for uh, for hockey. So – uh, I had to take the baseball offers, and then I had terrible grades. I had like a 1.8 GPA in high school. It was terrible. I didn't do anything but really play sports. So I had to take the junior college baseball offer, the one offer that I had, uh, and go play. And I did really well. I was a good baseball player, uh, did well, and was trying to move on to Division One after that, but kind of hurt my shoulder my sophomore year and had to DH all year. Uh, so did terrible. Got a bunch of lo- Got a bunch of Division Two offers, but – I didn't really love baseball like that, so I ended up just transferring to Tennessee uh, to to hang out with my friends and play some hockey. Wow. I went the JUCO route. I know all about that life. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well. I mean, it's, it's great because you don't have to actually do anything. I didn't go to class, and I still got great grades. It was amazing. So. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so then, you know, you go and then you played, was it club hockey? Yeah, club hockey at Tennessee. So uh, you basically, it was mostly drinking beer and then you played some hockey on the side pretty much. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> could do it. You guys could go walk on to the club team if you wanted. I don't know. You'd have never seen me in a pair of skates. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a little top heavy. Yeah, I'll just say that. <laughs> Um, so, should, so then you should try fighting people while on skates. That's uh, that, that, listen, I'm, I don't watch too much hockey, but I always say, I think hockey is one of the most demanding sports as far as being physically fit. Cause like, it's ridiculous to, you have to go crazy fast on the skates. Then you got the whole contact and you know, it's just, it's crazy. So, um, no, I, I a hundred percent 
feel like hockey is one of the toughest sports out there. Um, yeah. But then you played semi-pro hockey. Yeah, yeah, semi-pro. So I was better. I was a little better at hockey than uh, the club level. Um, but uh, so when I was done in college, a friend of mine who was was playing for the pro team, um, you know, I obviously played in the summer leagues with him and stuff like that. He talked me into trying out for him. So I made it all the way through training camp and uh, made all the cuts, played exhibition games, uh, made it two games, and then they cut me and sent me to another uh, another semi-pro league. Um, so I went up there. It was in this shithole, Pennsylvania. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's where we <laughs> live. <from> Pennsylvania. <laughs> now, what was said name of shithole? Indiana, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean – Actually, in the conference that I was in for uh, for baseball for college. Sorry. Well, okay. <laughs> the town probably wasn't that bad, but we were like staying five guys in a room in a Best Western, and the only meals we got were vouchers to CC's Pizza. So, uh, <laughs> as a professional professional hockey player, it wasn't a great situation. So, have you ever uh, seen the movie Goon with Sean William Scott? No, I get asked that a lot, though. I need to watch that. I heard All it was right. He's basically like a bouncer, and he turns into a semi-pro hockey player, but he's literally just the guy who just fights everyone and protects his team. Can you yeah. tell me if that was at all how you started getting into MMA, or is there nothing behind that? Uh, nothing really behind that. I, I would fight a little bit, but I wasn't the goon on the team. Uh, I was a, a skilled player, too, is what they call it in hockey, so they needed me on the ice a lot. But we had guys that could barely stand up and skate or handle a puck, and they would do most of the fighting. Um, but the thing about those guys is they can barely stand up, but they can stand up all day throwing punches. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, special skill set. Yes, yeah, specialized. <laughs> um, so I wasn't allowed to fight all the time, but I definitely played with an edge, played with a lot of energy, uh, and fought pretty a pretty good amount, probably more than I was supposed to. So um, – I think it led over the toughness definitely bled over from hockey and the athleticism too. Like you guys are talking about, you got to be super athletic to play hockey. It's, it's a tough sport. So if you had to choose between baseball, hockey, MMA, what are you going with? I know you're doing MMA for a living, but you know, you, I I feel like baseball is number three, which, okay, I'll, I'll let it slide. But, uh, yeah, dude, Having knowing what I know now and being through what I've been through now, baseball is number one. <laughs> yes, it's, it's way easier, right? Dude, it's I mean, baseball is a hard game, it is thank hard, you, yeah. But you don't have to get hit in the face, you don't have gigantic dudes trying to run you over, hitting you with sticks or anything. You just you go catch a ball, you throw it, you go up and hit once in a while. I mean, you and you make, make a 400 million, you make a ton of money. Yeah, that's right. Is do you think oh. that baseball is mentally just as tough as MMA? Because I feel like both sports are mentally taxing. Because MMA, you got the weight cut, and then you got the fight, and sometimes repercussions after the fight. But baseball, you go into a crazy slump, you feel like you suck, and then you'll never hit a ball again. Yeah, it's mentally tough in a different way. I mean, there are a lot of similarities, but um, you're also not having a guy trying to strangle you uh, or pin you down against your will. So... Um, and a lot of times those are like with some of those strangleholds and things, like if you just chill and you're calm, you know that, okay, 
I'm this position sucks really bad, but I'm not going to be choked unconscious. Like I'm, there's a little pinhole right here in my neck where I can breathe, but baseball, you know, you just have to be comfortable with getting out seven out of 10 times. And if you can, uh, if you can get on base three out of 10 times and you're a hall of famer. So, uh, it's, it's mentally challenging in a different way, but, um, I got a lot of respect for baseball too. Some of my better friends now are, uh, major league players. So, um, I got a lot of respect for those guys. Now, now saying that about being strangled, have you ever been choked out? Yeah, one time it was pretty recently, actually, in practice. Um, a new, a new guy named Impa Kasang and I. He's on the contender yeah. series. We're trying yeah. to get him on here. Yeah, he's real good. <laughs> yeah, I'll get him on. I'll sh- send him a message for you guys. But he's, uh, you know, he's a beast. Super strong. Uh, fights one eighty five. Well, we were starting in this front headlock position. And I kind of let him grab what he wanted, and uh, and away we went. But the next thing I know, I was just unconscious. I was waking up, so have no idea. It was the first time I'd ever been – only first and only time I've ever been choked out. So, so it was just like, like a snap of the fingers and you were gone. Yeah, I mean, he's just so like strong. And, yeah, he's so strong and grabbed – I let him grab what he wanted, and you just can't do that with a guy <laughs> like that. So next thing I know, I was waking up asking what happened. If you uh, if you look at your pro record, like kind of like you just said, that was your first time ever being uh, choked out. But you haven't really been finished up until just your last fight. Is that like something that you're like actively aware of in your career? You're like, oh, I've never been finished. And is that something you kind of like take pride in almost? Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's not you know, it's not a like a good uh, award or credential to be like the super tough guy. I mean, it is nice to have a good chin and all that, but you never want to be the toughest guy at the fights because that means you just get your ass whooped and keep going. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I always thought I was a little caught off guard. You know, he hit me with a good knee early on, and after that, I didn't really know what was happening. So I had no real spatial awareness, uh, no reactions or anything. So I got caught with that spinning back fist that I maybe normally – I don't know if I've ever been hit with one of those, honestly. So um, – yeah, so I always kind of know that I'm tougher than a lot of people, so I rely on that. But uh, when you start getting to a certain level and talking about the best guys in the world, uh, you got to put a complete fight together. You can't just rely on toughness. So uh, got me in trouble. Now, now, when you're like dazed like that, um, do you, do you like recollect anything like after that? Like you know, obviously you're getting punched in the face, everything else. Like do you do you remember any of those things? Like or is everything just such a blur in that moment? No, I was just kind of a blur. Like I thought when the fight, when the fight ended, I kind of, I think I knew I had been stopped, but I thought it had went all three rounds. Um, it seemed like such a long time because when I, when he hit me with that knee, it was like I was playing that whirly back game where you, uh, you're trying to run after spinning around on the baseball bat. Uh, so I was kind of doing that the whole time so it just felt like i'd been in there forever but it really wasn't that long but i mean going back to the toughness thing you know i i could have easily when he hit me with that knee said okay i'm hurt let's just stay away from him let's run away let's let's collect ourselves let's uh you know be safe but the instinct takes over and i just started saying you know what man you're hurt let's be a man and stand and fight throw down like uh, so that's where that toughness can get you in trouble. If I'd have just stayed away from him, I make it to the second round and I'm good and he's tired. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, how do you prepare for someone like that where he's a very good striker, but he's also good on the ground at grappling? Is it just you don't want to be like too afraid of, of all of his different tools? Like, how do you kind of prepare for someone like that? Well, we just prepared to kind of stay off the ground. I knew I definitely didn't want to be on my back. So I wanted to take my chances on the feet. And, uh, you know, unfortunately he did. We we were trying to rely on seeing that left hand and he was just super long and it got on me a little quicker than I thought. Um, and I guess I just had my guard down coming out of the clinch and got caught with that knee. So uh, he did a good job, man. Hats off to him. But, um, you know, the, the other thing too, he was huge looking on fight night. So uh, you know, I can't. I know he came in missing weight by two or three pounds. So, when you start talking about hitting guys in the face, it's uh, you know, it changes some things. Not not to dwell on losses because I think I want to go. Actually, we have a ton of questions about XFC too. Um, but only four losses in your career, um, and every loss obviously sucks no matter what you're doing. Uh, but are there any like? Is there any specific one that you you would love to avenge or, or come back and and fight that same opponent you've lost to or you kind of just move on from it and just fight whoever you know dana no, white ufc throw you i think all of them really that's hard to because when you when you get to this level one or two mistakes cost you a fight so uh each fight there were one or two mistakes in there that lost me the fight so uh but the drew dover one i would like to have over because i had three weeks notice so um you know, lost a whole bunch of weight, trained really hard and, and trained all the way up into the fight. And then when I finally got to the fight, I just had nothing left. So I was kind of overtrained. It tried to fit all the training into a three-week span. So I'd like to have that one back and get a full camp for that and everything. But, um, you know, Drew's obviously doing awesome and, uh, you know, had a loss to Josh Emmett. He's awesome. Obviously, Benil's awesome. Nick Lentz, um, you know, if I had, had that one to do over, I would have done it differently too so uh you could say that about every loss um but respectfully all those guys beat me you know i'll i'll you know hats off to them and they did what they had to do to beat me so uh all of them are uh excellent and all four of those guys are absolute studs as well it's you know i mean drew dober's on a tear right now josh emmett has looked freaking amazing as well so um you know i know they all suck but i mean those guys are studs as well so um so we go to XFC, and I have to ask because I read this and I think it's hysterical. Um, so you want I don't remember the guy's name, but you were you were in line to fight for the belt, and the guy did not want to fight you. So he they stripped him of the belt, and then you fought for it and won it. What what was that experience, that experience like? Because I think that's that's hysterical. You're in the fight game, but don't want to fight someone. Nick Newell, I think is his name. Yeah. Um... That was kind of an unfortunate situation because I think behind the scenes, uh, some people didn't know what was going on. I think Nick Newell really, I mean, he had a lot of eyes on him at that time, right? And he, he still does when he fights because he's the guy with half an arm. Um, so uh, whether you see the controversy in it or not, what not, the guy had a lot of eyes on him. So unfortunately for me, I ended up being the next one in line for the belt. So they asked if I wanted to fight him, and of course I said yes. Well, he was up for a new contract or wanted a new contract, and he, I think, wanted a whole bunch of money. Um, and with an organization like the XFC, which is similar to LFA now, we were all on the Friday night circuit, RFA, uh, LFA, XFC. 
I mean, you just can't pay guys a ton. I was getting paid maybe about the most you could get paid, and Nick wanted a lot more. So I, I don't think they could pay him. So I think the XFC kind of spun it like he didn't want to fight me, which I don't know if that was the complete truth, but um, I don't know if he was really tested until he got to World Series of Fighting. So uh, don't know the whole story there. I just know that I wanted to fight for the belt, and they got another opponent. So I ended up with the belt. Yeah, and so it's just speaking about the XFC and – you know, we were just talking about your uh, history with um, hockey and whatnot. Can you just talk about how you found XFC and how you found MMA and started? Yeah, so I was working that cubicle job I mentioned earlier, and it was driving me crazy, man. I could barely get myself up out of work to do it. Uh, the the nine to five rat race after you know playing baseball and hockey um, was taking a toll on me. So I had a friend who was training, so I went to the gym to, and started doing some jujitsu. Uh, did jiu-jitsu for about a year and I even in the beginning I was like well I'm not going to fight I'm just going to train jiu-jitsu something different uh, ended up fighting after about after training for about a year uh, and then I won the fight in like 30 seconds didn't even get hit anything so I was like all right well I'll just do it again that wasn't good enough didn't get hit did another fight won and I was like all right I'll just do it until I lose so I ended up all the way my second fight in the UFC before I ever lost. So, um, but with the XFC, I think my last amateur fight, the XFC put on a tournament in uh, kind of East Tennessee where they said the winner would get a, a contract to the XFC. So it was a Grand Prix and eight man tournament. So I ended up winning that and I got a, a shot on the XFC undercard. Uh, did real well and then moved up from there. And so awesome. what? So how did um, how did the UFC come about? So did they just see your track record at XFC and just kind of be like, "Listen, we got to get this guy in. He's undefeated. He's been putting on great performances." Or what was that whole experience and the jump from XFC to UFC? Yeah, so I did nearly all my pro fights with the XFC. I think six or seven, maybe. Um, and the UFC started saying, "Hey, you know, win a couple more, then we'll bring you up here." So. Um, so the XFC folded when I was six fights in, I think. So the UFC said, well, we'd like for you to have another fight or two before we, we let you in. Well, after my last fight on the uh, XFC, I injured my hand against a guy named the Leprechaun. Um, so I needed hand surgery, but I still did that one more fight outside of the XFC to try and get into the UFC. Um, but I needed hand surgery, so I fought through that. And I was set to have hand surgery. My now wife and I were at the driving range. I'd fought on Saturday, and it was like a week later. We were at the driving range, and my manager called, or the guy that was helping me at the time. He's my manager now, Danny Rubenstein. He said, hey, can you fight on Saturday night against Jim Miller? And it was Sunday, so they wanted the next Saturday, so it's six days away. And um, I was set to have hand surgery on that Thursday. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll put that hand surgery off. I'll fight Jim Miller on six days' notice. I had like 30 pounds to lose already. But I said, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. So uh, they put my name in, and another manager, uh, something, somebody found out that I needed hand surgery, and they told Joe Silva. So Joe called back and said, man, we're going to pass on you. You know, We heard about your hand. Just go get your hand better, and we'll offer you a contract after that. So uh, I was – 
I was hot, man. But uh, so they passed on me for that opportunity to fight Jim Miller. And when I had hand surgery, I reached back out and said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to sign with uh, RFA at the time, you know, just give you one last opportunity, let you know. And then they just replied with a contract. So I got right into the UFC at 7-0. That's pretty awesome because now I think we see a lot of guys go like Dana White Contender Series or, you know, yeah. are, are they still doing Ultimate the Ultimate Fighter? Fighter? Um, so like, back, I think. They're yeah, going to bring it back, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's how I think a lot of people have gotten in, especially the Contender Series as of late. So I think that's freaking sweet, especially a guy that had really no wrestling or MMA background like not not you weren't someone who was raised on it just kind of picked it up and boom just like that no for sure and i mean i was also putting some people in the seats too so that always helps but yeah i mean i I had no background in anything i'm just a wild man (laughs) getting in there and throwing down pretty much so i mean uh, as a as a fan that's what we love i mean i'm a huge cowboy fan i'm a huge paul felder fan uh i follow i think i've seen all your fights in the ufc because yeah. of that, I mean, people love to see it. I know it sucks for you when you know when you're in a war, but uh, you know, as a fan, I know that you know most fans that I think I speak for most fans that you know we love exciting fights. So, um, I got I got a quick question. You you just mentioned in your fight with the leprechaun, you injured your hand. I gotta ask, did did you swing and miss and hit his pot of gold, or how'd that happen? <laughs> no. Um... No, but I think I I ended up hitting his pot of gold a few times though. But I didn't hurt my hand on that time. Um, he was like I was over top of him. It was in the first round, and he was resting his head on the mat. So he was he was laying down, and I threw a punch over top and hit him kind of in the forehead. And there was just no give. His head was already there, and it uh, it it cut my tendon on that rolls over Ooh. my middle knuckle. So. Um, so I went for a while without having the surgery, and my knuckle was like sticking up to here with all the scar tissue. It was wild, man. Couldn't even do anything if you had road rage. <laughs> oh, I still do something. <laughs> Get out. How are the drivers in Tennessee? Because I know up here in Pennsylvania, they're terrible. They're better than Pennsylvania, probably, but most of the people here just drive real slow and don't use their blinkers and stuff. Well, but sounds like the people from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyone in New England, really. Boston's a mess up here. New York, New Jersey have to have the worst drivers. Thank oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about we, it. We live in a tourist area, and it's all New Jersey, New Yorkers, and it is an absolute disaster every weekend. Yep. Where do you guys live again? We live in the Poconos. Steve lives in Massachusetts. Poconos, Pennsylvania. Massachusetts for Steve. Oh, man. Yep. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> or which I mean, one? It's not. It's not too bad here. You know, we live in the we live in the boonies. No, I'm just kidding, man. I like it up there. I've I've only really mass. I've only really been to Boston. I like Boston, except in the wintertime. But um, I've never been to the Poconos. But you hear a lot about it. Yeah. So, so while we're on the topic, favorite place to fight? Favorite place that you fought? Place that you would love to fight? Nashville or Vegas for sure. Vegas is awesome. Nashville is a lot of fun, obviously, because that's kind of my hometown. But Nashville is an awesome city overall. So one one little story from that, my UFC debut, make a long story short, we ended up hanging out with Justin Timberlake afterwards at an after-hours <laughs> nice. bar. Yeah, him and his buddy were playing a private concert. He was playing the drums, and his buddy was playing the guitar and singing. He's from Memphis, right? Yeah, he, he is part of the Grizzlies, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Memphis. yeah. 
Yeah, uh, so he was a he was a nice dude. I was I had been celebrating a little too hard to remember everything that happened, but uh, I remember him being pretty nice. Now, um, so do um, Commodores Vanderbilt? No, no, no nope. wow. He roots for Vanderbilt unless you went. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a big I'm a big uh, Vanderbilt baseball guy. I love their baseball team. Well, they're awesome at baseball. I mean, yeah. So. One of my good friends here that I mentioned earlier, he was one of the better pitchers for Vanderbilt. His name's Mike Miner. Um, oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's with the A's now. They traded him this year. The Rangers did. But uh, he's a pretty good friend of mine here. Uh, his wife and my wife are really good friends. So um, so he's a he's a cool dude and hell of a pitcher, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was an all-star last year for the Rangers. Yeah, well, That could have been was. two years ago. Um, yeah. could, you, could you take him? If he pitched you, could you hit him? <laughs> oh shit! I don't know, man. He's got some nasty stuff. He's left-handed and he's super tall too. Oh, uh, deadly! Scary. Yeah, it's yeah, like Kershaw. So, so what it was like? So you fought obviously with fans and without fans. So what was the whole without fans uh, experience? Because I don't know. Have you ever had a fight without fans? No, I never have. Uh, I didn't. I thought it was terrible. I really. I, I like <laughs> the fans. I enjoy the fans. I think the crowd. You kind of feed off the crowd. Um, I really thought I would like it until I got in there. And then I was like, Whoa, this is weird. So, Just uh, a lot less energy. Yeah. yeah. A little less energy. Um, but you know, the other guys dealing with all the same stuff. So, um, it's not really like you or him have an advantage. You're both dealing with the same thing. It's still a fight and your instinct takes over as soon as the bell rings. But I enjoy the crowd. They really, the crowd makes it special. Uh, you know, the walkouts and all that. So, um, and you know, the crowd always appreciates the fight too. You don't really like when you, when you go to walk out for your fight in the apex, they pack your bags and walk behind you carrying your bags. They take your bags to the ring and then you leave, you go right in the car. You just get in the limo bloody and (laughs) beat up and they ship you right back to the hotel. So you don't hang out at all. So that's kind of awkward too. You don't really get a chance to collect yourself so you didn't uh, get to fight in fight island did you earlier this year no no i i would have and i wanted to until i started finding out the protocol for it it was like you had to quarantine for two weeks after and quarantine yeah. before then you get taxed a whole bunch um it's not really as glamorous as everybody thinks it is uh so once i found all that stuff out i was kind of out on that it's a little disappointing to see that they didn't have the fight on the beach. To be honest with you, it made it seem Dude, like it was going to be right there on the beach. Man, it's like 120 degrees there. That's why they're fights so late at night stuff. And and when you start doing outdoor fights, that canvas gets. I I've been part of. I've never fought, but I've cornered on an outdoor fight where the canvas was burnt. The guy's feet and stuff. Oh, they had blisters on the bottom of their feet and. Wow. And you couldn't step on like the metal stairs or anything. It was crazy. I was gonna say, why would anyone want to fight at two in the morning anyway? Like I, I would, I'm I'm well asleep by then. Like that, I don't think I could adjust to fighting at two a.m. That just wouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean that was another thing. It was like I don't think I want to fight at two, three, four in the morning. So yeah, no, I I, I 100% agree. I feel like that experience. It sounds glamorous, like you said, but it sounds like it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I don't know how much time you have. We don't want to keep you too long. Uh, We do have a couple segments for you. Um, So one segment that we got 
It's called the significant strike question. So I, I got I like to explain this. So we're well, we're married. Steve is engaged. So we, we would be wrong to not mention our wives. So we, we'd like to include our wives on the interviews. So we have them formulate a question. Each wife formulates a question for the interviewee, but um, they don't do any research. So they don't know anything about you. And you've got to <laughs> answer the question, and then you have to pick who, which question was the best. And then let's say Steve got the best, Steve's uh, wife or fiance got the best question. He would get a point. We keep tally of the points, and uh, at the end of the year, we see who whose wife is better at asking questions. <laughs> I like that. So Carrie, Carrie is up one nothing. We actually we did this first with Eric Anders. Um, so you are the second person to uh, to go through this. So we won't tell you who who asked the questions. You will just tell us who it is, and I'll we'll I'll tell you who who asked what questions. So. First so I question. Just pick the question I like the most, right? Well, you'll answer all three, and then you'll pick okay. which one you like the best. All right, got um, it. So, question number one: If you could ask any animal a question, what animal would you choose, and what would you ask them? <laughs> <laughs> Damn! I didn't hear uh, these beforehand either. I thought they were going to be easier questions. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How about a snake? Oh God, no! All like right, a snake. All right, what would you ask? I'll ask why they keep coming in my yard, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, th- I think that's, uh, that's pretty good. All right, question number two. What moment sticks out for you as your most embarrassing experience? Ooh, embarrassing experience. Well, being knocked out on ESPN is pretty embarrassing, but I won't go with that one. So... I sharded on myself one time. <laughs> in the, during the nobody fight? knew about it. I only told. Well, I knew, and then I told my coach that was it. But <laughs> when Nick Lentz had me in that guillotine, I sharded on myself, and I had white shorts on, and I thought I was going to be in trouble. But it it turned out to not be a big shark, so I got lucky, and I had black underwear on too underneath, so it wasn't too bad. But at the time. He was choking me. He was choking the shit out of me, literally. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm on ESPN. This guy's choking me, and I just sharded myself. So. I feel like you can't be the only one that that's happened to. That's got to happen no. way more. Yeah. It happens often, but not everybody will admit to it. But I yeah. will. There was a female fight not too many years back where the girl literally went through her pants, and it was on the canvas, 100%. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. it. I don't remember who it was. I believe I was Felice Herrig was. Live, I, think. I don't I think, remember who it was, though. I think Felice Herrig was involved in the fight, but I don't think it was her. Um, but I yeah. believe she was involved in that fight. Yeah. Carrie has a funny uh, experience. You could just do a quick, I mean, do a yeah, quick summary. We'll just give you the synopsis. Uh, we, we were visiting his aunt and uncle in Chicago, and it was St. Paddy's Day, so there was leprechauns everywhere. And we were on a double-decker bus, and I had been sick previously. So it was a, street, it was, it was a scene straight out of uh, Bridesmaids when they're doing their dresses. And the, the bride goes out in the middle of the street and just, just lets it go right in the middle of the street. Oh, well, yeah. That was Carrie running off the double-decker bus in the middle of a street in Chicago, just letting it happen. Oh, that man. was my experience. ESPN wasn't watching, so I wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> but now, but now how many people are going to hear about it? Yeah. So, thanks. 
Oh, yeah, man. man. Well, at least you weren't on ESPN. That's the only way that could get worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was pretty funny. I, I'll never forget that day. He calls me. You're going to have to pick me up a pair of underwear and, and pants. <laughs> That's a good friend right there, man. You got to keep that guy. Yeah. Um, all right. So, last one. What is the most gruesome match you've ever been in? Ooh, most gruesome. Probably the Leprechaun one, man. There was blood everywhere. Uh, Did and... he bleed green? <laughs> <laughs> man, it might as it might as well have been. There was a lot of it. I, I thought it would start turning green eventually, but uh, there was blood everywhere, and I think my nose was bleeding a little bit too. I was all I was I was most beat up for that fight than any fight I've ever been in, just from beating his ass. It was crazy. <laughs> My right. knees and elbows and hand was messed up. Both hands looked like lunch boxes. It was crazy. Wow. Um, all right. So those were the three questions. You can choose which one was your favorite, and I will tell you who asked what question. Yeah, I'll probably do the uh, animal one just because. Oh, let's I've never go. That before. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I thought you would uh, toss that one away like nothing. <laughs> no, man, uh, it was. I've never had to answer that before, so I'll I'll go with that one. Something different, and I know right. it was the dark horse too. So, yeah, uh, I'm a big underdog guy. All right, so Steve let's gets go. the win. So it's Steve's one, got Steve. one. Carrie's got one, and I still have nothing. My wife asked the the most embarrassing <laughs> you, moment. You tell and, your wife that you're going to take her out somewhere nice on me. <laughs> there you go. Meaning I'm not paying, but <laughs> you if you win, it's on me. All right. We got two more quick se- segments. Steve does a quick rapid fire, and then uh, we have one last segment called The Floor is Yours. Steve, take the rapid fire away. All right, rapid fire. I'm just going to give you two things, and you basically just tell me which one you prefer, and then it ends with just like a few quick questions too. So, striking or grappling? Striking. Win by knockout or submission? Knockout. Cardio or lifting? Cardio. Uh, Would you rather fight a wrestler or a striker? Striker. Burger or pizza? Pizza. What do you, what are you going with on your post fight meal? What do, what are you going with? Uh, I usually go pizza and hot wings. Nice. Yeah, and it depends on, on my lips. Are, I've learned my lesson over the years. If I have cuts inside my mouth or my lips busted, I can't. I can't do hot wings. They burn <laughs> me up. But always pizza. I actually I had a hot wing question. Do you prefer like do you walk into a wing place and you're like, give me your hottest sauce, like I want to burn my face off, but prove I can do it, or do you want like actually some flavor to it? No, I don't do that anymore. When I was younger, I would do all those challenges and stuff, and I'll do them if they're paying me now. But, <laughs> yeah, true, uh, true, true. I don't, I don't, I want something I can enjoy and not burn me up. So, but I definitely like still like spicy. So I'll go with like a buffalo hot or a mango habanero. Yeah. Kind of spicy sweet, but I don't I don't go super hot anymore. All right, that's fair. Um, all right, just a few more here. Would you rather spend a day golfing or fishing? Ooh, man, probably fishing. I have a pond in my backyard, so I fish a decent amount. I saw the golf video too on Instagram. Swing yeah. looks pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I just started kind of working on it. I've I've never had anybody show me how to do it, so I got a I got a golfer friend, so I'm. He's giving me some some pointers. Awesome. Uh, I can't right, just golf a few for sure. So, what is your favorite Netflix movie or show? 
Ooh, uh, let's see. I liked uh, Last Chance You on Netflix or QB1 was good. Yep. Oh, the Formula One documentary I liked. Sorry, that's like three of them, but I'm a Formula One fan after watching that documentary, so that's probably one of my favorite. Nice. And then uh, just a few more. Khabib or Gaethje coming up? Uh, Gaethje. Nice. And then uh, Izzy or Costa this weekend? Oh, man. It's a tough Ooh, one. That's tough. I'll go with Izzy. Yeah, me too. And describe your fighting style using just one word. Uh, hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, all right. So we like to end the show with a segment called Floor is Yours. Um, we appreciate the time of you hanging out and uh, answering questions with us. So we're going to give you your time. What is next for uh, Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman? You can plug whatever you want. Um, the floor is yours. Do as you please, my friend. Yeah, man, I'm just probably going to chill until they allow fans back um, and then see where we're at. But I'm going to rest up and I'm making sure I'm healed up and all that before I uh, get into heavy contact again. And then when they start having some crowds back, or I need some money, I'll start fighting again. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to finish up on that basement, making a man cave? Yeah, that's what I'm working on. It's not as easy as you think it'd be. Well, I was just going to say, I'm a carpenter, so if you need help, you just let me know. I'll come down. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll help you out. I actually just got done building uh, my my wife and I's house a couple the months ago. House? The whole house. He took a Man, dilapidated dude, rec hall and turned tomorrow? it into a house. <laughs> what am I doing tomorrow? Getting on a plane, coming down to Tennessee. <laughs> Come on down, bring your cowboy boots. I, I can do that. He always wanted to be a cowboy. It's true. <laughs> All, right. All right. Carrie's going to take us out with an outro, and then uh, you'll be good to go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Coffee and Carrier's crew has called an end to this interview, declaring the winner by knockout, Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. And once again, thanks again for coming on with us, uh, Scott. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coffee and KOs One. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.